0: Hello and welcome again to the Cartoon Lunch Podcast. My guest today is Jennifer Hughes. This is the second part of my conversation with Jennifer, who will um, talk again about the production side of animation, which is essential to the the process of getting uh, a show or uh, an animated feature together. And she'll also mention how she got to do uh, voiceover for cartoons, uh, and uh, especially Phineas and Ferb. So here's Jennifer. So it was pretty much done the same way as the old stuff, except for the video uh, checkup, you know, for, for the thing on video. But it was, it was, was, they were working the same way as they were working in the 40s or 50s. Oh, sure.
1: The, but one of the main uh, inventions that yeah. I think sped things up was the FAME system, which is what they used. Um, I don't know what it stands for. But basically, your production crew, in the old days, a an animator would do a scene, and it would sit on his desk for two weeks when he's Mm. done with it because he's just working on the next thing and then somebody oh where's that oh it's oh here it is you know and so instead of that fame was the mechanism that the production crew would you know when that scene is done you pick it up you log it out of one department Mm. you log Mm. it into another so you can say where is that scene and then you've got production people moving the stuff through the process so the animators and the the artists just have to work on the art and then the production so they didn't have
0: that before no stuff would sit for weeks. and yeah. stuff.
1: I mean, that's a funny. You know, from we the would. Hyperion days. I don't know when fame came into the picture. Yeah. Maybe Mermaid or before mm-hmm. that. Probably even. I don't know. But I know, like Black Calt. I, I think Black Cauldron took forever.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why there was story problems. Right. Like, yeah,
1: uh, and that's always the case. I mean, yeah. you have that painful. know yeah, I think they went through fifteen writers on Tarzan before they
0: just because they're like. That's the main difference. I read that Disney, when he was around, didn't start animation until the story was done. Oh, wow, really? The story's done then we start, you know. But it's like rewriting while you're doing an animation thing. Right. It just seems so crazy. It's not like live action where you can just, you know, shoot, right. reshoot a scene in a day.
1: Well, I think, okay, so they had pushed right. a lot of... Um, it was called Empire of the Sun was the working yeah. title. It ended up being... Um,
0: so that's like the Spielberg film. Yeah.
1: But um, uh, it ended up being... Um, no, no, the Cusco, the, the... Ah, this is so stupid. Uh, Emperor's New Groove. Oh, yeah. Was what it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was, uh, if I'm... Not mistaken, the name was Empire of the Sun. And it, they put a ton of I mean, the movie was like a quarter of the way done. Same thing. They would feed pieces of the story, like, mm-hmm. yes, this part of the story is so push that through story and we'll go. And they kept rewriting and redoing and and Katzenberg at one point said, I think we're done throwing money at this. It's not working. And they literally shelved it and um and started over. So the the bones and sort of the general idea of Empire of the Sun being a Mayan story and whatnot morphed into Emperor's New Groove, and mm. then they, they finished it. But that was one of those ones where they had, because they didn't have that solidified, full-on green light yeah. story, they kept trying to just make it work. Mm. And with every like-a-real screening, you know, it just wasn't coming yeah. together, and they finally realized they needed to start So it.
0: you were there in a the late... <laughs> You started It started in the 90s there. So were there any of the old Disney people there still?
1: Oh, there were a ton. Well, old, what do you who mean? Who
0: worked in the 50s, the old classic yes. 50s and 60s stuff.
1: Joe, and I'm a horrible person for not remembering his <laughs> last name. I always say Joe Lewis, but he was a fighter. Uh-huh. It was not Joe Lewis. Uh, um, he was so old. He was in his 80s or mm-hmm. 90s. When I was, wow. And he was upstairs in development. And he... He had worked on, you know, he, he was Grant, no, Yes, legend? Joe Grant. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, I just remember he was, the third floor was um, <clears throat> not open to everyone. The mm-hmm. <laughs> third yeah. floor was development. But I would rem- I remember, you know, I'd see him occasionally wandering around on the second floor. And I'd be like, oh, my God, that's Joe Grant. Yeah. He's a legend, you know. He
0: worked with uh, Dali.
1: Yeah. When Dali
0: did that short for Disney, yeah.
1: And he was an amazing artist yeah. still. I mean, even, I'm like, what a great... Look how long you can stay in that Mm -hmm. job. It's not like being a construction worker or a dancer where you have to retire. It's like, you can still, you know, and he still had chops. So Mm -hmm. that was neat. And there was a a day I was pinning boards. It was about two o'clock in the morning. This was during crunch. And, um, Stacy and I, the other PA, uh, we were pinning a storyboard in the hallway, um, at two in the morning and, Roy Disney comes mm-hmm. walking down the hall in his red cardigan. And we look up and we're like, hi. And he said, well, hi. You know, it's like it's ungodly hour. We're like, what are you doing here? And he said, do you have any idea how difficult it is to air condition a 15th century castle? Like that was what he was thinking of. And I said, I don't. And he was like, yeah, I, I guess you wouldn't. And I'm like, No. <laughs> and then he asked what we were doing and i'm like later that the next day i'm like was that a dream or was that a real
0: huh. um that was pretty cool you would see him a lot no he,
1: he was in town long. for some reason he was in town for some press event he had an something. office there right well he his office was in the hat yeah and it was really that. more of a tour stop because he mm-hmm. didn't come that often but when he did come yeah he worked in there because mm-hmm. it was nice and and um quiet and whatnot um but now I think the hat is a stairway or something that was before they remodeled that building, oh. and so his office is gone. But um, but yeah, it was it was kind of neat. So no, we only ever saw him that one time. But uh, oh, really? It was fun.
0: because oh, he was technically the head of animation, or or, or he became later.
1: Yeah, but it was later. sort of an offsite thing. It yeah, wasn't yeah, like yeah. he was making doing approvals. I mean, Don Hahn was the hand super hands on. Oh, yeah, you know, um, producer in charge, and Don uh, and Ron Connolly, uh, Roy Connolly, and. Um, that group you know Oh yeah yeah yeah. but yeah roy was um i don't know he was around but not mm-hmm. not that often
0: yeah i saw him once on the lot he was signing books of uh, tapes or something they had, Yeah, had released dvds or something
1: right so he would come for those events mm-hmm. but yeah he wasn't calling shots on yeah. on productions as far as i know i mean maybe he was in development but not mm-hmm. not once stuff was greenlit that was up to the directors and the producer. Yeah, 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 yeah. so then so, so then, you went
0: from from um, Hunchback hmm. to Emperor's New Groove is right after. Or? No,
1: no, that was before. That was oh, just one okay. of those um, oh, yeah, things yeah, yeah. that was kind of happening. Um,
0: so, for you, what was after the, the Hunchback?
1: Uh, I did. So they
0: keep you. Basically, Disney keeps you forever. If you, if well, you they have,
1: do a thing called baseball trading, <laughs> which now they do for TV. Not not so much, but they have these artist management positions now for TV that they didn't used to have. So when a show is wrapping, the new. This, mm. this position is about seven years old, as I understand it. Um, that artist manager will say, "Okay, who's rolling off of what this group? Okay, who's staffing up this group? Yes, what do you need?" Always been. Yes. Right, and it's not for feature. It, yeah. There was yeah. it was baseball trading, and so the the new production crew, in this case, it would have been Hercules, uh, was looking at who's rolling off of Hunchback, and mm-hmm. so they all the execs sit around this table. And basically trade, it's like, you know, the, the draft I would imagine. So you talk about, you know, and who's getting promoted and who are we going to let go and, and Mm -hmm. you know, all of that. I don't think it was so, I I don't think there was a lot of going to the artist and saying, what are your aspirations? What would you like to do? It was like, here's this person that does this. Yeah. Um, but the artist managers now they actually go to the artist and say, Mm -hmm. what do you, what do you want to do? You know, are you, Interested in still doing this? You're Jeez. qualified to be a you know a storyboard revisionist. Mm-hmm. Now you could be a storyboard artist. Mm-hmm. And anyway, and so baseball trading uh, happens at the end, and you find out whether or not you still have a job. Yeah. Um, and if you don't get picked up by that new production, you know, yeah, I don't,
0: because there's only one next. They, they don't develop. Well, a bunch of stuff okay.
1: So the feature? the feature animation building yeah. was built. It, it was finished in 1996. The big swing line stapler Mm -hmm. building with the hat on the riverside. That was uh, hunchback was the first feature to be done in that building. We were the first crew to move in. It's very Mm -hmm. exciting. Um, That was designed for two features a year. Uh, Half of the building was uh, of the second floor was one production. Theoretically you had production pods and then the floor, you know, and then the other, the, the production that would be ramping up, was on the other side of the building. Mm. And so then they would switch. Then you'd have that production move to these offices, and yeah. and then you'd have another. So it was supposed to be this beautiful, yeah. it could handle 1,500 people comfortably, Ooh. that building. Well, before the building was done, Katzenberg was like, you know, we should do three features a year. Because <laughs> Lion King was such a yeah. massive hit. Yeah. I came on right at mm. uh, two days before the Lion King wrap party. So I got to go to that wrap party, And, you know, it it was euphoria at Mm. that time because the movie was doing so well. So, of course, they wanted to capitalize on it. We should do three. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't. I mean, it's like it's just stuffing one more thing in the pipeline. Mm. And, of course, when you do that, quality, you know. So, all of a sudden, we were packed with three features worth of people in that building. We had desks in the hallway and and all kinds of stuff and the fire department came through and was like you can't have because okay so you're an animator and you're trying to see you're you trying to use your light table but because you're in a hallway with all this massive
0: other lights daylight
1: so they got these so so they took it upon themselves to sneak into the story department get these giant four by eight storyboards right Uh uh-huh put them up put some duvetine on there, some black, you know, to create some darkness. Uh-huh. And so you have this, it looked like town in the hallway there. <laughs> Honestly, it looked like, you know, Oliver Twist. Um, and the fire department came through and they were like, yeah, you can't have all of this as a fire. So, so that's
0: for what? That, what, that was for That was thing?
1: after yeah, hun- Hunchback. Uh,
0: right after Hunchback. Yeah,
1: because yeah. they were starting to staff <clears throat> up to do three features a year instead of two. Yes. So I was training... PAs for Hercules I had already been accepted onto Tarzan Mm -hmm. which was you know so we were doing we were helping Florida with Mulan and Pocahontas Mm -hmm. um Florida was doing Mulan Pocahontas was in our building I was training PAs and shooting stuff for them so Mm -hmm. you're just kind of like all hand whoever's available help and um and then the next So technically, from my feature-to-feature was Hunchback to Tarzan, Mm. and then I did a bunch of stuff in between. Um, And then I got promoted from PA to um, Assistant Production Manager, APM, for backgrounds Mm. for Tarzan. And then we were developing Deep Canvas at the time, which was that 3D.
0: Yeah, I remember you you were telling me about that.
1: It's amazing. They spent so much money developing Uh this software. Placing um, organic brush strokes one by one onto 3D models. Mm -hmm. So there was nothing like it. There was something called a haystacks um, thing that this woman did with Corel Draw, I think, Mm -hmm. or something. And it was this really neat thing where the the camera move went around this haystack. It rotated in this organically painted thing. Mm -hmm. You could see the back. And Disney was like, ooh, we want that. (laughs) So they made a deal with her to either license the concept, something Mm -hmm. she made out financially in some way. And then Disney developed their own um, software um, to do that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was Deep Canvas, and it was uh, really amazing. And it's the only feature it was ever used on. And they spent you know really a million or yeah, yeah, more yeah. more just developing that software. So it's it's a shame. But in order to use a 3D element like that, and we had I think about a third of the backgrounds were 3D in Tarzan. But if you don't have somebody in layout that is on board with mm-hmm. doing 3D, that's where it has to happen is in that in layout stage because uh-huh. they're the ones that are designing yeah, the shots. Yeah, yeah. So, um, And the, the next director that was on for the next feature was not on board. He was like, nope, I'm not a digital guy. So mm-hmm. it just kind of died on the vine, which is too bad because uh, yeah. it was pretty awesome software. Uh, yeah. But So the background uh, stage at that point had... Um, had traditional elements and then digital mm-hmm. elements. Some of the backgrounds were both. So it had to
0: match perfectly. It, it had to match. People couldn't say, oh, that's a painting and that's a digital thing. That-
1: right. And so that was, uh, in that feature, The we, we created a stop. We realized it was necessary in the middle of production, not in the middle, but the beginning of production when stuff started coming back from scanning. Because um, they'd scan the 2D backgrounds and mm-hmm. cells, overlays, and then we'd bring them into, you know, the computer bay in backgrounds and the contrast would be off, the color would be mm-hmm. off. And so then we realized we need a background stop. That's what we called it, the background stop. So every single piece of art that went to scanning after it was painted would come back to the digital background stop to be... Uh, basically we had Chris Laubach was the the main artist who would do all of the adjustments, the... Um, we had a really n- narrow value range to paint in because mm-hmm. it's like we just basically lopped three values off the top end and the bottom end yeah. of the scale, and we were only working in you know this really narrow value range so that stuff would scan and look good and then and then once that got approved, then we would have the um the background artists mm. paint the digital version and a couple of the background artists uh, uh, quite a lot of them actually didn't want to take the leap to do digital they're yeah. like nope I'm just a painter but a couple of them well, did most people
0: when, when we finished when we had to go digital we didn't want to
1: right we didn't want to do it well and at the time it didn't seem like because I mean, you,
0: you have to learn you don't, you don't have time to relearn stuff right we didn't have time to learn that stuff you know so your stuff is due you don't have time to it's like another whole right one to more learn, thing yep. to to learn
1: and so we, yep, and so uh, about six of the artists had, um, had learned it. Mm-hmm. And so we had them, yeah. and they would, of course, they would do the element, the digital elements for their backgrounds and then anybody else's who. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. So
0: worked. that was, um, Tarzan, that was and Tarzan and And right after that, you jumped on another one, you were taken nope, to another Tarzan, oh, uh,
1: two months before the end, uh, two <coughs> months before, I was seven months pregnant, so two months before my due date was the end of my contract. So it was oh. perfect because I was like, they, I got a terrific review. Mm-hmm. They wanted to, you know, move me onto something else. And I said, I want to leave to raise yeah. my kid. Yeah. And they were like, okay. What? So, and I thought, well, this is perfect. I'll go back, you know, in middle management. But then mm-hmm. I ended up 20 years later. <laughs> I never went back. You still
0: will go back. And, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Now, so, uh-huh. yeah, I'm, I'm jumping back uh-huh. in the game now, now that our last kid's in college. But um, that was my plan, was to go back. And then I I was in a very fortunate position that I didn't have mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. I could uh, stay home and raise our kids. So. Yeah,
0: that's wonderful. That's the best. So. Well, that's amazing. I mean, you worked with so many <laughs> huge things.
1: Yeah, it I was. Mean,
0: it was pretty. So cool. you kept in touch with some people there. What happened after Yeah, second, I, think? I yeah, have. Yeah, course, yeah. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, I have lunch uh, on Wednesday with Peggy. So <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I've known yeah, her yeah, for yeah. what
0: 25 years. Oh yeah, you were telling me about her. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and so she stayed on.
1: Oh yeah, she's at Warner. She's a producer. And then, um, yeah, I mean, all the people that didn't leave the mm-hmm. workforce like I did, they're you know Monica Lago Cadis is you know a production manager or mm-hmm. maybe producer by now. And I mean, a lot of those guys, you know, Carol Lord and Kathy Caviola yeah, yeah, yeah. Hill, they're all in. You know, they they moved up, Of course, so yeah. which is great. And I'd sit there and I go, oh, I probably could have too, but yeah. but I don't regret it. I'm, you know, no,
0: because it was we your choice. We have phenomenal. Plus, children. it was your choice. It was <laughs> right. not because they didn't want you and you could never exactly. get a job. Exactly. You know. So you were just mentioning that you did also voiceover and on Phineas and Ferb. Uh,
1: well, yes, but before that, I when I was at Disney, I um when I was on uh, Tarzan mm-hmm. in the background department um kara who was same position as me but for the recording uh, yeah. part of the show she called me up and she was like did you do were you an actor or something and i nah. said yeah and, and she was like would you mind doing some scratch for us for jane and i was like yeah sure so scratch is when you go in and um you do a temp voice track for the storyboard artist so they mm. have something to work with yeah and um so i was like yeah yeah sure So I went down there and it it was for Jane and, and I just did a couple of scenes and they were like, great, thanks so much. (laughs) And then they called me back and called me back. I ended up doing the whole scratch for the whole movie for Jane. And it was so fun because I was getting, you know, Chris Buck and, and Kevin Lima were the directors and they were giving me, you know, direction in the booth. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. just like a professional job and I hadn't done voiceover before. I just, you know, so it was a really great opportunity for me to learn, um, on mic direction and all that and Mm -hmm. technique, mic technique and all that. Um, and so anyway, I, I ended up doing the voiceover for that. It was fun. And then every, every screening, Mini Driver was the, the professional voice for uh-huh. Jane and every, you know, every screening where they're, they're editing out the animatic and they're editing in picture. And every time you go to a screening with more and more and more of the real movie in it and the. hmm the sample movie out. My voice would get less and less and less, and Minnie's <laughs> would get more and more and more. And then um, toward the end, it had been about two years that my scratch had been, you know, being used and, and slowly replaced by Minnie. And um, I, uh, after after I left, to um, I, I had this one sequence where it was this blood curdling scream, and I screamed for about mm-hmm. an hour doing all the screams they needed in the booth uh-huh. because she was being you know, carried through the jungle by Tarzan, um, by her belt. And she's screaming. It's sequence 13. The monkeys are chasing them. She's falling through the trees and it's just these screams. Anyway. Um, and so those screams, even up to through the last like a reel that I saw before I left, those screams were still in. And I thought, oh, how funny. So then I leave, At the end of my contract, I'm off Uh doing the nursery for our daughter, and the phone rings, and it's Bonnie Arnold, the producer, and she's like, "Jennifer, it's Bonnie Arnold." I'm like, "Oh, hi, Bonnie. How are you? Uh Would you, by any chance, be SAG?" I said, "Yes, I would." She's Uh like, "Oh, thank God." Uh I was like, "Why?" She goes, "Well, we called Minnie in to do the screams, and she has this husky voice, you know, and she." can't really Uh scream you know it just cuts out and apparently um you know the executives were like whoa what's this what are we hearing and they were like well that's that's Minnie screaming and Uh they're like what happened to the other screams that we've been listening to for two years they were like well that was just scratch and they said can we use those instead and so uh it turned out that uh you know they didn't even need to re-record them because there were so many other sound effects happening and we were recording in a professional yeah anyway it's
0: professionally done yeah
1: so they had me sign a bunch of SAG contracts, and my screams huh. stayed in. So you made residuals. From so that? they're in the feature, and I got an additional voiceover, uh, oh. feature, yeah, uh, credit. And then yeah, and I still just yeah, course, two I weeks credit. ago, yeah. I got you know my nine dollar residual yeah. check for uh, for Tarzan. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, and then Phineas and Ferb. Well, then we moved out of state, and long story mm. blah blah blah. I did a bunch of TV commercials and all of that, um, radio commercials. Did some more voiceover there. And, and then when we came back, knowing Dan, Saint, um, uh, Dan Povemeyer yeah. from, you know, just years of Rob working with him and being friends and whatever, he he offered, you know, he said, hey, can you do a Doofenshmirtz's girlfriend on an mm-hmm. answering machine? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I came in and the head of Disney casting was there. So I was like, Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna milk this right. So I said, "Well, what kind of voice do you want?" And they were like, "They didn't care. They just Mm. needed a woman's voice." And it was the the one where he where Dufenschmerz moves the magnet over her house to try to erase all of the messages (laughs) that he that he uh, his like, "Where are you? Call me." You know, he was so embarrassed he was going to erase. Yeah, and so. Yeah, I I just started. I was like, well, they don't know what they want, so I'm Uh just going to give them a bunch. So I was like, yeah, hey, how you doing? It's Sandy, or whatever the hell her name was. I do one little voice or whatever, and then I did another one, and then they were like, oh, that's great, thanks. I said, or, or, or she could be from, Uh you know, and I'd throw another dialect on there, and they were laughing, and I was like, or, or, and so I gave them like five or six things to choose from, and they were like, thank you, and, and I left feeling pretty good. And then they called back to do a Farmer's Wife. They said...
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes, they were yes, like, yeah. hey,
1: uh, we have another voice if you could come in. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And um, and then I did The Farmer's Wife, which was just supposed to be a one-off, and they ended up writing her into the show. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the one where, you know, I can't believe you bought a bunny farm and didn't buy any bunnies! And then like a a basket of yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. bunnies crushes her. So that voice turned into this nice little reoccurring role mm-hmm. all through... Uh, Phineas and Ferb, that was really neat. So, oh,
0: that's great. Wow.
1: Yeah, so I ended up getting
0: voiceover gigs just from, you know, knowing yeah, people. Of course, yeah. But that's how you that's how you do that's, it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much sure. for sharing all that stuff, no, all these stories. I, 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 I heard a little snippets. I remember remembering about Tarzan, remember the family dog, but, uh, you know. Now I know the whole thing Yeah Yeah The whole And and the detective stuff That's great
1: My kids are so That fortunate. should be a show My mom was a spy I'm like that, Well not really well, <laughs> That yeah, I should guess be I a show
0: <laughs> Just that Yeah uh, A 70s show Right Yeah Oh my gosh okay. Well thanks you Thanks a lot
1: Yeah Thanks Antoine